0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming at you once again uh, as we are awaiting the the arrival of sunshine that brings heat. (laughs) We have some beautiful sunshine, man. You know it's cold when the clouds leave. You know what I mean? That's when you know it's cold. You know what I mean? When, it, when the clouds don't stay around, the clouds just go. They go. When they get below 20 degrees, the clouds be like, we're going south. You know what I mean? We need to take the hint from the clouds and go south. Uh, you know, I, I am not, 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 not uh, a fan of it out there. But everybody else, enjoy, man. Enjoy your ice fishing. Enjoy your cross-country skiing. Y'all just enjoy. I'm staying in the house. You know, that's just all it is. I just want to give everybody an opportunity to just give a uh, a shout out one of the things that if if I was asked the question the other day uh what is it that that you do well and uh and and I would have to say uh is is creating leaders uh in leadership development uh, i i just been blessed and privileged over my lifetime and uh as most of you know who listen to the radio show uh i grew up in a in a in a neighborhood that was was really like it was a little what you guys say a, a buppy neighborhood it, it went from upper middle class to uh upper murder class <laughs> that's what my neighborhood went from it went from like we were the third you know black family to move into the neighborhood to you know we were the last black family to not die in the neighborhood you know it just in the transition happened really you know it was a couple factors that i look at you know i'm not a sociologist so but i i just know what i saw and, uh, and and what I saw was I saw EEOC uh, kick in and I saw a lot of dads making more money than they ever made before. And uh, with the freedom from Mississippi, Mississippi being a, a dry state and getting to Chicago where they could drink and go out. And I just watched my my uncles and my dad and all of them, you know, they were making lots of money. And so they would go out and drink and hit bars. And when I grew up in a bar, I mean, my dad owned a nightclub. And uh and then just the women and being with the women and and then divorce hit And when divorce hit it seemed like everybody on the block I mean, except for three houses got a divorce. It just was pop, 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 Within like a seven, eight year time period, you know, it was all these divorces popping up and then I you had these single moms and then you had the rise of, of you always had gangs. You know, what I mean you always had gangs. It wasn't ever one block or one family fighting another family. It was, you know, just always something that was always there but then it just got more sophisticated because with the absence of dads, it just got out of control. You know, it, it got out of control. And then the younger kids looked at the older kids. I know when I was younger, I looked at my cousin and the guys that were eight and 10 years older than me. I looked at them as, as like father figures because a lot of guys didn't have a father at home. And, uh, and then it just, I just flipped our whole, whole community. You know what I mean? I, I I I feel the morning, you know, this week of of another school shooting happening, you know, you say, oh, you know, parents worried about their kids. But, you know, what it's like to grow up where every day you got to worry about your kid. (laughs) I mean, every day you got to worry about your kid, Uh, you know, and and I, I just like to reiterate this point that Chicago gets a reputation now. But Chicago doesn't have as many murders now as it had in the 70s. You know, when I was growing up, I mean, you know, in my neighborhood alone, man, we would average 250 to 300 murders and we were only two miles wide and two miles long in that little bitty space. You almost having a murder every day in that little bitty space and you constantly have to worry, you know, it got to the point where you didn't even worry about it. You see, a, you see a fire truck come and I say that to say that to lay the pretense for what I want to talk about today is that I want to, I want to talk about, about loyalty. You know, I want to talk about. Uh, Commitment, you know. I want to talk about uh, being true to the vision and being true to what you've been given. Because I say that because in in the midst of that, you know, we learned loyalty not to uh, our family values, not loyalty to the word of God, but we learned loyalty to our neighborhood, and we were loyal to our neighborhood. You know, we were loyal to you know South Side, you know West Side, North Side, you know whatever other subplot of neighborhood or, or gang that was in there. That's what you were loyal to. And, and that's where you learned your loyalty. But that kind of loyalty is still loyalty, but it's a perverted kind of loyalty. You know what I mean? Yeah, cause, cause anything that's outside, you say, well, what's perverted and what's not. Well, anything outside of God's will is perverted. You know what I mean? That's just it. I, I don't even care if it was eating candy bars. If it's outside of God's will, you just got to understand that. And, and when you don't learn about the ways of God, when you don't understand even you know when you don't even know you're sinning that's just bad you know what i mean when something becomes so normal in your society in in your way of life in your in your your neighborhood or your family that just you don't even realize that you're sinning you know i mean that's when it becomes bad when you see generational curses pass from one generation to the next and they're no longer viewed as a curse they're just viewed as that's just how we are you know what i mean and and you look at it, you know, so when I look at, uh, you know, you know, I, I'll use my family, you know, as my great grandmother told me, she said, you know, baby, you got to, you have to watch out because, you know, my mama had me out of wedlock, got married and divorced. I had your grandmother out of wedlock. I got married and divorced. Your grandmother had a son out of wedlock, got married and divorced. They had got married and divorced. She said, now it's on, it's on you. What you going to do? You know what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go out there and have a child out of wedlock, end up getting married, end up getting divorced, and 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 I, you know, I made a decision that it, it that wasn't gonna be on me. You know what I mean? A lot of things weren't gonna be on me. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know how f- far back it goes, but you know, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I've never, you know, hit. Well, I ha- I have. You know, my wife would say I've hit her. You know what I mean? One time we were playing volleyball and. She was on the other side of the net and I spiked her, you know what I mean? And blasted her in the face, but that's just game. You know what I mean? That's just game, you know, but you don't need to go that route. But you know, it's, it's, it's certain things and certain elements that you, when you have to be loyal to that, my wife knows she's secure, not because of her relationship with me, but because of my relationship with God, you know, my children know that they're secure, not because, of their relationship with me, but because of my relationship with God. And as I stay loyal to him, you know, then, you know, they know that they're secure. And, in Proverbs chapter three, uh, verses three and four. I like, uh, how the new living version says it. It, uh, says never let loyalty and kindness leave you tie them around your neck as a reminder, Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. You know, we we spend our life at times. Trying to earn people's favor, trying to try, trying, to, trying, to, trying, to, trying to get people to like us, you know, trying to be accepted by the way we dress, by the way we talk, you know, by the way we do certain things, by the way we dribble, you know, whatever we do, we try to gain people's favor. And and we miss out on the key element of that if we don't understand what what how how God wants us to gain people's favor. You know, one of the greatest pressures I ever faced in all my days was when I became a pastor. And I just had to be honest with you. I, I'm I was never thrilled about becoming a pastor. When people come up to me saying, You are a pastor? No. You know what I mean? It's like Lord gonna bless you. You gonna be, why don't you know, don't even curse me like that. You know what I mean? I I was running from it, you know what I mean? And I wasn't running from pastor. I was running from the image of pastor that I saw. I was running from the pressure to conform, the pressure to be like, seeing how everybody was trying to be like other people. You know what I mean? And, you know, I walk into a room and and, and I read what the scripture says about serving. And then I'm seeing people, getting special plates and cups and everything like that. And, 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 uh, and you know, and I was, and I, I was uh, against it until I went on a missions trip to Mexico. And when I went on a trip to Mexico, we were over there and, and I was there. I said, where's the pastor at? And they said, he's right there. I said, well, yeah, I don't see him. I, I, you know, I'm I'm waiting to see the dude with the collar shirt on with the big gold cross on his neck, uh, you know, or hat or something like that robe And this guy had his shirt sleeves rolled up and he was serving food in the food line. And I said, that's the pastor. They said, yeah, that's the pastor. So I started watching him. Right. I started watching him. You know what I mean? Just to see how he was going at. And this dude was running around. He was serving. You know what I mean? He was, people were treating him with honor and he was mingling with the people in the community. And, uh, and he went there and I watched him that week. I was there. And when I left out that week, you know, I I told him, I said, I can be a pastor like you. You know, I said, I can be a pastor like you. I said, you help me not to (laughs) not to think so bad about being, you know, a a, a pastor. And, you know, and then I come back into the States and, you know, I, I, I see a lot of preachers, but very few pastors. You know, what I mean by that is I see guys who can get in the pulpit, who can teach well, who can preach well, who can do everything like that. But they don't know their sheep. And the scripture tells us that, that that a pastor shepherds a flock, he knows his sheep and his sheep know his voice. You know what I mean? And sometimes we get so caught up in trying to be like the big name people or the mega church people that we forget that we're supposed to be taking care of the flock and and uh it was it, it was when i realized that that the same level of loyalty that a leader expects followers is the same kind of loyalty that the followers expect from the leader and in our day and age where we will jump ship and take another job to put ourselves in a better position financially to put ourselves in a better position um ecclesiastically you know uh there's not much loyalty used to be a coach would come and you, you play for the coach all your four years and you can come back 10 years later and the coach still let coach and not anymore. They're jumping ship. There's no loyalty. And what is loyalty? Loyalty is a commitment is a commitment to something. You know, I, I, I explained to a friend of mine the other day, it's a crying shame when, when George Lucas honors discipleship and loyalty, Better than Christians do, and he didn't catch it at first. And I said, "Yeah, because you know that you know the Jedi—they're loyal. They don't want money. They don't want family. They don't want sex. They don't. All they want to do is serve the force. That's all they want to do. You know what I mean? Which is really the whole context of." The 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 believer, you know, what I mean, it, it, we we get to have those things. We don't have to be like a priest and shut it down. But Paul says some are called to that, you know, what I mean, that kind of life. But you know that. But the thing about it is, it's our loyalty to Christ, which should be reflected in us continuing His mission. You know, in the Book of Chronicles, I was reading through and. Sometimes I hate reading through Chronicles, you know what I mean? Because I did already read 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, and now Chronicles is repeating what I read. So there's just not much of an emphasis. Then Chronicles names, everybody and their mama, Shimsham, Hujat, Habahola, all of them, you know, begot, 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 you know, you get there. But in those little things, they're always a nugget. And And, and I was reading about the Levites, and I was reading about the Levites, and the Levites were chosen because the Levites were loyal. When Moses came down off the Mount, it was the Levites that joined sides with them and even slayed their own brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Because they were loyal to Moses and loyal to God that they didn't even let family stand in the way of them disciplining those who were worshiping and partying to the golden calf. And so they were chosen to serve God always, right? Loyalty. Solomon. Solomon was sat down by his dad and given the designs of the temple. And in Chronicles, it says that Solomon was loyal to the plans that David gave him, meaning that he followed them. You know what I mean? And and God expects us, when we come into this family, to be loyal to him. He expects us to follow the plan, to be about the Great Commission. To to, to to take our talent and double it up. That that's that's what he's calling for. And in our loyalty. And as this scripture says, that as we operate in loyalty and kindness, we will grow in favor with God and man. Man, I, I, I and I just can't help but be loyal. You know what I mean? You know, just be loyal. Loyal to my mentors, loyal to my church, loyal to my family, you know, meaning that I will be about. That business, and I will take care of what needs to be taken care. Of. You're listening to Isaiah 61, the radio program of Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, you know we're located in North Minneapolis, and uh, as we get ready to take a break, I just want to invite you to come out to our services uh, these next three or four weeks, where uh, where the the young preachers, the 20 somethings, are bringing the word, and uh, and so for the next three weeks, and come in there as we practice what we preach and get ready to transition this leadership and uh not retire me but refire me
0: Picture this, standing at the Sea of Galilee and being baptized in the Jordan River. Visiting Jerusalem, where every stone pathway leads you towards the life of Christ and the story of God's promise on earth. These moments can be yours when you join Pony and Lois Evans for Experience Israel 2018, November 7th through the 16th. With gifted musical guests Anthony Evans and Meredith Andrews, your time in Israel will be rich with a spiritual blessing. Visit am980themission.com for more information and to book your journey to Israel today.
1: This is Isaiah 61. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. We're back on the radio. Uh, as, as I said before the break, you know, uh, you know, just been the last couple of weeks, we've been had having the the, the young guns going, you know, the, you've heard them on the radio. They come do my show sometime. And, uh, you know, just trying to groom and mentor that next generation of leadership. You know, I had started the program out, where people said, what do we do well? And I said, really create leaders, you know, and, and what's been the joy of my life is, um is 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 how we've been able to, as a small church, with uh with with very limited resources, have been able to pull together and every summer put on a eight week you know little leadership thing for kids, all the way from uh, four all the way up, and to watch those kids grow up and become staff and then become staff, go to college and from college, you know now they're they're starting to work, has has been a pleasure to see that that there are now families that have a, a better foundation to operate from than than what they had when they were growing up. I know that's the case with me. I mean, my mother gave us a sure. Don't get it wrong. I lived in a bad neighborhood, but my mother policed the whole neighborhood. So it wasn't like I, wasn't, everybody was scared of my mother. So, I mean, that, that saved me a lot of beatings. You know what I mean? Everybody was scared of my mother. Cause my mother was known. She'd pull that gun out in a hot minute, man. You know, she, she, my mother, yeah, she was known. You know, what I mean, I could take care of my own. I mean, I, 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 you know, back then we fought. We didn't pull. If you pulled out a gun, you was a punk. So I mean, but now everybody pulls out a gun. You know, we had guns, but we just didn't pull guns out. You know, what I mean, but it's, it's, you know, we, we definitely used the fist and everything like, and I could do that well. But you know, it's just, a, it's just a difference. But the thing I, I, I like to say is that that even though my mother had went through some hardships, she stayed loyal to the principles that her mother laid down for her. And so she made sure that we honored those principles. Now we violated them when my mother turned her head. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But when we were in the presence of any adult, man, we honored, you know, we honored those principles because we knew if my, I knew if my mother had found out it would have been over for me. And, and And the one thing that kept me in check was that, Fear, but it wasn't a fear like I'm scared and I'm calling the police. It was just a reverence that I had, a level of respect that I knew my mother expected something out of me, right? And my mother told me she said, "All I want y'all to do is go to college. I just want y'all to go to college. Don't want you working in a factory. Don't want you working nowhere. Just go to college." And you know, and and I didn't really want to go to college. You know what I mean? I just wanted to hustle, but I went to college because of my loyalty to my mother and knowing how much important it was to her and there. So I, I fought my flesh and and I finished. You know what I mean, you know, and uh and I had to finish. She threatened me with that gun if I didn't have a degree in four years she was going she was gonna shoot me. And uh, and uh, that's just how we that's the you yeah, it's Chicago. You just gotta understand. And uh and so but I got the degree and for but it was more and I didn't even realize the importance of the degree to her until like a year after the moment when I came home and I saw you would have thought I was dead my mother had a memorial corner you know with my diploma and because she couldn't get a degree because of the social circumstances of black people growing up in the south she couldn't get one having to pick cotton and do stuff like that so my achievement was to her and I realized how important it was and then I felt bad that I didn't do better that I was clowning you know (laughs) I finished in four but it wasn't the most dazzling finish you want to catch you know but but then I realized the generational effect or the the level of loyalty we have to the family vision or the family mission and so I realized that when I started my family I would have to keep that mission and vision in front of them the whole time. Will they stray? Yes, they will. You know, but what they understand when they come to a level of understanding, they'll realize that, that, that this is what we're loyal to. And, and, and that fact of the matter is it won't be hard to find because it's based upon scripture. As, as the word says, when you, when you walk, when you're loyal and kind, you grow in favor with God and man. He said, don't forget it, write it upon your heart, Tied any way you want to go you know you got to keep that there is, is to teach loyalty it's something we don't teach much anymore because we as westerners don't like to follow anybody don't like to listen to anybody don't want to be coached you know you got people now that don't want their kids to be coached they snatch them out and put them on private teams and everything like that and trying to bypass high school and college to get to where they want to go to or whatever it, 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 it cause they feel they can do better and anything like that. Or we go on the internet and we just come up with something and we change it. But there's a power when you're submitted to somebody. And I say that to go all the way back to my initial point when I was talking to the other pastor the other day about discipleship and, and discipleship. You can, I've been on teams where a person would accept the Lord and then you go to their house and knock on their door And say, I'm here to mentor you. I'm gonna take you through six weeks or eight weeks, you know, one on one study. And man, they don't want to let you in the house. They don't want to do nothing, you know, but they'll they'll sit in the pew as long as they're in control. You know what I mean? But once someone comes to them and wants to mentor them one on one and do that, then they come up with different reasons why and bucket because we don't like submission. We don't like being under anybody, you know, we don't like being less than. But I look at the apostle Paul who was the most learned of men, the Pharisee of Pharisees. And he had no problem waiting 14 years until he got his own ministry. And I'm like, this is like, I, you know, I was like, and, uh, somebody was going to argue with me and tell me, Oh, well, Paul was arguing with Peter. He was doing this and everything like that. And I said, yeah, but I said, Paul waited until the Holy ghost called him out. Paul waited. You know, I know some cats, if they get out of seminary they ain't waiting for nobody. They, they ain't sitting around serving nobody. They're not just going to teach a Sunday school class or be an associate pastor forever. You know, they they, they want their due. They want their recognition. And, and, and that's fine. But the issue is, is that we all have to be loyal or serving someone, even if it's the people that we're serving. We owe it to them. You know what I mean? We owe it to them. You know, I, you know, and, and and it's not based upon whether my check size is. It's not based upon anything else. It's just based upon God's word. If you want to grow in favor with God and with people, you know, you need to walk, be loyal. In other words, don't mind being submissive to leadership, or as a leader, being submissive to those you're serving. This is Pastor Joe Sutton from Spirit of Lord Church in North Minneapolis.